You are listening to Currents, a podcast of Big Ocean Women. Today is part of our at-home interview series, Interesting Discussions from My Home to Yours. One of the primary tenets of Big Ocean is this. We are empowered by our feminine nature and biology, and we honor our procreative power. Roughly half of the women around the world are of menstruating age, and yet discussing or mentioning menstruation is taboo in many areas and in many homes. Our guest today is Lisa Bjornberg, and we are going to be talking about menstrual health. How do we confront the misconceptions and the lack of education that is so prevalent and try to build healthy habits free of stress, shame, or stigma? The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers, women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in their homes, their communities, and the world. I am today's host, Shelley Spots. Welcome to the show. All right, so a couple of weeks ago, you did a Facebook post that I thought was really interesting for a couple of reasons. But one of the reasons that I was really intrigued by it is it was very vulnerable and sort of addressing this topic of menstrual health, which is something I don't feel like we talk about a lot. So I would love for you to tell us, number one, why you felt like it was important to post about it and how you came and the sort of response that you got from it. Sure. So I feel like um, a lot of times women just assume that everybody knows what's going on, right? Um, I don't know. For me, I felt like when I was first taught about menstruation, there was a really awkward class at school. Uh, We were given some very big pads that honestly a few of us took out to the drinking fountain to see how much they would absorb you know just it was i think we all did that is that not something that everyone did in that class (laughs) oh yeah you know and and then my mother was really uncomfortable talking to me about menstruation and you know anything to do with private things um i remember seeing my sister she's older than me i remember when she started her first period that she was scared and I was scared because of that. And I felt like I didn't really understand the whole menstrual cycle until after I had already had children. And I felt like I had had a really big disservice in my life because of that. I mean, I I had taken anatomy instead of health in high school. So I knew all of the, um, you know, the body functions, but it was a class taught by a man. It was a mixed gender class. There wasn't really ever um, information about counting the days in the cycle. Like I didn't know about that. And I felt really uninformed. And I felt like I should have known that I didn't know things, but I didn't. Does that make sense? It does because I think, so I have had some of the same experiences where I mean, I grew up in a family where I have five sisters, so there's six of us. So there wasn't a lack of conversation about things like that to the point where sometimes I feel like we very much embarrassed my father and my one brother. We had one brother. And so we would have conversations about some of these things, but there was distinctly a lack of education about it. Right. Um, there, was, there seemed to be only one option, right? You start your period, 
you use a pad or a tampon. Those are the only right. two options. And yet when you get looking at menstrual health, there are so many options aside from that. There are so many considerations about how our bodies respond to these different things and whether it's even good to use them for us individually. The environmental concerns, educational concerns that I don't think are ever addressed very clearly. I felt like I was, you know, I probably had hit 40 before I realized that a good hard workout for the couple of days before my cycle would help with cramping and some of those side effects and PMS effects that come along with it. No right. one ever diet said. too. And diet. diet. Is a huge role in how I feel when I'm menstruating. Right. And, and I didn't know that there wasn't any, that there were any options besides pads and tampons, um, which honestly were sometimes really irritating. Like different brands right. cause different irritations. Until I had gone to um, the UN um, Commission on the Status of Women, and I started my period while we were there. You know, when a whole bunch of women get together, every time we go, somebody is thrown off their cycle because of all of the hormones there. And I had asked somebody if they had something, and she said she didn't because she used a cup. And I said, what is a cup? What is this mysterious thing that I've never heard of, right? Right, right. And so I went home after that, you know, and I found somebody who had something, thankfully. And even though I personally use a cup now, um, I, I still carry some just because I want to help other women who might right. <laughs> need something, you know, always be prepared, right? And I don't carry my cup in my purse, but um, I went home from that and I looked it up and I bought a cup. And I started using that, um, but it was kind of hard to get used to. And then I still was using disposable like panty liners or pads on days I didn't want to use the cup. And then um, I got more information about the days for girls um, right. and the work that Dr. Ugo had been doing and Celeste Mergens. And just thinking about my impact on the environment, um, I'm not... I don't know. I am definitely not completely green. I want to do better. I try to do better, but I felt like this was one place where I could have a personal impact where my choices were completely in my control. It doesn't affect anybody else in my family. You know, it's not inconvenient for anybody. And so then I started looking into getting more um, reusable products like period panties or reusable pads. Um, and I've tried to encourage my daughter that, to do the same. And I've talked to my daughter about charting too, which is something that, like I said, I'd never even heard about before. Well, and quite honestly, I think my daughters were doing that before I was. <laughs> so I'm not sure who they talked to that said, hey, they have an app and they use it on their phone and they, you know, chart. And so when my daughter who's 19 now said to me, this was a couple of years ago, she was like, oh, I need to make sure I go buy some, it, she was still using tampons. She's now using a cup. I need to make sure I go buy some tampons because I'm supposed to start in the next day or two. And I looked at her, I, I mean, I'm like 38 and I look at her and I go, how do you know? <laughs> and she's like, mom, really? <laughs> so there's sort of this, this attitude that the, these are things that we shouldn't discuss. And that's one of the things that I was most impressed by with your Facebook post, because you got so many responses and so many comments on 
on, I didn't know these were a thing or, I, you know, no one ever talked about this and thank you for, for discussing it. And not only within our culture, which I think we feel like is much more open than it is, right? Here in the United States, we feel like we are educated. We feel like we have some of these discussions going on. And yet I look and there is a website um, called, what is it? The U.S. Department of, in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, there's an office called the Office on Women's Health. And it doesn't address any of these topics, right? They, there's right. no discussion of what do you do to, to help with your cycle? How do you chart it? You know, what are, what are options? There's like, very, I, all I can say is I think, I don't think many women were involved in the production of this website. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> but like, there's one line that says, when to change your pad or tampon like no discussion of there are alternatives to pads or tampons what is right. the what is the environmental impact of pads or tampons what can side effects health-wise be for those things on our bodies as women because there right. can be you know one of my daughters has a sensitivity to some of the products in tampons and so it can really impact her and cause infections and and things like that so we have these problems here within our own communities and then we look outside of the united states and some of the work that like that Days for Girls is doing with education because they're even less educated. And so the Days for Girls with Celeste Mergens, uh, Dr. Ugo with the Health Aid for All Initiative, where they're doing this work to try and help girls stay in school, where they're advocating for education, where they're trying to really enhance some of the opportunities and not only opportunities, but the dignity of girls, I think has been really important. And I wasn't fully aware of that until we were attending the UN and at the Commission on the Status of Women either. And some of the some of the opportunities that are lost to girls because they don't have basic education about something that's an inherent part of our body's function. Right, and, it's, and I think that that's an attitude shift that needs to happen the whole world over. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's perfectly normal and natural. It's not dirty. I know um, on my Facebook posts, there were some women who said they couldn't get over the ick factor of touching their own blood and I just felt like of all of the things that women have to touch and deal with in, you know, just in life, my own blood is not that big of a deal. Well, yes. And especially if you're raising children, there are, right. there are so many more icky things, right? <laughs> there are. And, and it shouldn't, I don't think be seen as something that, that is, yeah, that has that ick factor, right? right? It's, it's a natural be. process. It is natural. And we shouldn't be embarrassed about it, you know? It's, and I remember even when I was younger and my teenage daughter too, if you go to the store to buy pads or tampons, oh, cover it in the cart with something else. We don't want to walk around the whole store with that just hanging out there. Yeah. But why, why are we embarrassed about that? Because it, it happens in private, but it's still a totally natural body function and it has to happen. If yeah. we didn't have menstruation, we wouldn't have children. You know, I think that that's, you know, sort of at the core of it is that there is this stigma, there's this taboo that surrounds even discussing it, much less buying products for it. And I do remember 
I do remember as a teenager visiting my cousin and she had just started her period. She didn't have any products. I couldn't drive, but my twin brother could drive. Again, the only boy being raised in a family of girls. And so he grabbed our other cousin who is, is this cousin's brother and said, okay, we're going to the store. And, and he was like, I am not going to the store to buy tampons for my sister. And I just remember my brother saying, you need to buck up. We are going, we are helping out. This is not a gross thing. And, and in that moment, I just remember admiring my brother so much for like having the, at 16, like to talk about it and to discuss right. it. And to just talk about it with other guys and to say, hey, this, this is something that's a real problem. And I think if we're not even willing to talk about it with other women, how are we going to bring in men and say, right. hey, this is a real issue. It affects women, not only physically, it affects us mentally. It affects us educationally because so many women around the world, when they are menstruating, can't even attend school. So they get further and further behind and in a lot of countries then drop out. Right. So we can't ever achieve that point where, where we are free to discuss and free to educate and free to make progress in this issue unless we overcome our own stigma about discussing it even with each other. Right, right. Certainly with other women, with the younger women in our lives, but also with our husbands, brothers, and sons. They, yeah. It needs to be something that people are not afraid to talk about and help with. You know, but at the same time, like, I know that I'm fairly emotional the week before I start, but I hate it when people say, oh, you must be PMSing. You know, that's, there needs to be a compassion to the discussion instead right. of a, a, a judgment or a scapegoat, I think, for it. Right. Because I do feel like sometimes that is the the default that, yes, you're emotional, so let's blame it on PMS and then let's ignore it. But sometimes those emotions, because they are more real at those moments and a little bit closer to the surface, I think they come about in response to very real issues, right? Yes. So we can't just blame it on PMS and then ignore it, but yes. maybe acknowledge that some of those emotions are a little bit more prevalent at that time, but then look at the issue and say, okay, so how can we deal with these things? How can we solve these issues? Because I, I do know, I, I am a little bit more emotional at those times as well. But usually it's not about being emotional. It's about issues that I don't talk about the rest of the month, right? Right, right. So yeah, so instead of blaming it, say, okay, let's, let's compassionately look, let's, let's use some empathy. And right. I think empathy is one of the things that is missing from almost every aspect of life right now, so. Unfortunately so, yes. So we, I think we can be good examples of that. Right. So how would you, what would you recommend to someone to do to inform themselves a little bit more about the options regarding menstrual health? Um, I honestly think that the internet is amazing. <laughs> um, there is, there's a, a duo on YouTube um, and they have a website, uh, it's called Put a Cup in It. Um, they can be a little bit... Um, I don't know. They're, they're very straightforward. Yes. A little bit forthright. Yes. And, and, and they talk about sex too. So 
I mean, if you're a mother, maybe don't sit down and watch them with your, with your 12 year old or do, and then talk about it. Right. Um, and then there, so they have a really informative website. They're probably my favorite for figuring things out. However, they actually, their review of the disc that I finally bought and love, they didn't like it. So also just remember that these are two women and their personal experiences and we're all different. So something they recommend you might not like, but they have um, on their website, they have information about um, comparing cup sizes that you, I mean, they're just saving you the time of of looking at so many different companies. Um, I would also, uh, I guess, want to remind you to look for medical grade silicone. Um, there's, there are a lot of different cups out there now, more, excuse me, more than, um, more than when I first looked. So just make sure that you're getting a quality product. And there's a variety of sizes and shapes and prices, um, colors even. So it's very personal choice and you might try something and not like it, but I would, I would say, don't give up on it. Just uh, try a different one. And then um, period panties, there's so many different brands out there. I actually have three different brands. Um, and the one that I love uh, are actually the cheap ones I got on Amazon that I can't replace. So they don't have those anymore, of course. But um, yeah, and, and it, it may feel a little expensive to start, but when you figure how long you'll be able to use these products compared to throwing your money into the trash can. Um, I think it's worth it. And especially. Yeah. My dad used to joke with six daughters that he should have bought stock in, (laughs) in menstrual companies products because yeah. And, and you estimate over the lifespan of women who are menstruating and their entire fertile cycle, you know, through 50, 55, 60, in some cases, that's a long time. That's really a is. long time to be uneducated, to be unfamiliar with our own bodies, to not know what's happening or what options are out there for us. So yeah, I, I like that we definitely need to look into educating ourselves and to see what works for us individually. So. Right, exactly. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Our guest today has been Lisa Bjornberg. She is a mother of four who loves to write, edit, and dabble in photography. Although she is fairly quiet, she has never been one to shy away from a good conversation and encourages women to reach out, get involved, and make a difference in their communities. The world is a big place and we are small people, but even small people can bring about big change. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post, editing and production by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and fascinating people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.